everyone. I'm Laura Grundler. And I'm Matt Grundler. And today on K-12 Art Chat, the podcast, we're going to be talking with Connie Jimenez-Zamet about teaching narrative, idea, and inquiry. All right. So um super I, excited. Yeah, I feel very honored to have Connie back on again. So again, again, again. she's been with us before. Um Connie she Jimenez Zement is a like I just so thoughtful. And and this <laughs> chat, especially a lot of what she writes on Twitter is things that I'm always like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Let's talk about this more. Uh, and she's super busy. And so she's finishing up her summer with us, which is, again, I'm very honored that you're taking a few minutes to finish your summer with us. Thank you, Connie. Oh, yeah. Well, so, thanks. I, I really enjoyed this chat. I, um, I, I, this is, you know, obviously I love to geek out on this stuff, but like we were just saying, I, <laughs> This is like, I feel like this is the meat of like what we really want to talk about in our instruction mm -hmm. and what oh, I'm yeah. always kind of like playing with my mind, like how can I make my instruction better and kind of what I wrestle with, like how do I improve what I teach? So yeah, this is good stuff. Connie, if you could just take a minute just to kind of tell everybody who you are, especially those that may not um, or that are new to listening to our podcast. Sure. Um, Connie Jimenez-Zamet. Um, I currently live in... Um, Maryland outside of DC and work in Mon Montgomery County school system at Rockville High School in Rockville, Maryland. Um, let's see, um, I teach high school. So I, I teach drawing and painting and I teach all levels, um, which for us is like basically like a, a beginning intermediate. And then the advanced class is a combined class of AP and IB done a lot of work with the college board over the years. Um, I've uh, been an AP reader and a table leader. I was on the development committee, helped write the new exam. And oh, my new role for them is that I'm gonna be an AP mentor. Um, so there's this AP mentoring, I'll put that in the show notes, uh, a link to that. It's, it sounds like a cool thing that um, they've done in other <laughs> AP subjects. I mean, <laughs> we haven't started yet. <laughs> We're about to start. But, but it's like, um, an experienced reader um, is the mentor who's, who's an AP teacher. Um, so that'd be me, um, is gonna mentor small groups of like three to five teachers. And God. you meet four times during a semester and it's like a semester long mentoring thing. So um, yeah, so I'm excited about that new gig. And that is super cool. Will you, because I do follow the AP group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's questions on there about, you know, even the direction of students, um, sustained investigations and the questions mm -hmm. they're asking and things like that. So will you be able to get down to that level with these, this small group? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, the, the, the instruction in the group or what the small group is going to be about it, it. It's either like, I think there's three different kind of categories or courses, so, so to speak. One of them's about the CED and instruction and one of them's about like strategies in the classroom. So so I don't know that it's not like I'm gonna be there like to uh, <laughs> to evaluate every student's work. No, yeah, yeah. that's, but I, I would worry that some people might think it's that. That's kind of why I asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's more about about the instruction and I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll be, we'll problem solve. Um, uh, but it's, it's also, you know, 
four meetings. So yeah, you know, um, there's only so much you can get done. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I loved the, the well, I, I said this before, but these questions for this chat, I was so excited. They're so well written. Thanks. Tell us where the the topic came from and how it grew and and how you came up with these questions okay so um you know having worked with ap so much and just um being really proud of the i don't know i think i think it's really making uh, a good influence on art education um being really proud of that um i'm always thinking through like well how can this trickle down Mm-hmm. and how much should trickle down. And then, um, you know, I think I said this last time I was on, on the podcast that, um, you know, I went to college in the 90s and I went to a really wonderful art school. I went to MICA and it's not like investigation was totally um, not unheard of, but it wasn't, it, we, we didn't talk like contemporary artists talk about investigation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, even just that little bit of a generation gap, I think has, it make, makes this new to me. It makes inquiry at least mm-hmm. has been an adjustment and an adjustment for good. So as I've, you know, as I've had these couple of years to digest it and to, um, to, to work on it for myself and then in my own classroom, um, you know, that's where some of that's coming from is just like, really just digesting what it means to investigate ideas by making art. Um, and then I, I love narrative. Like, um, I mean, anybody that knows Micah knows it's like a figurative narrative school, or at least it was, I don't know what it is, if it is anymore, but, um, and I, I still, I still love those things. So, um, yeah, so it's, this is like literally the things that I wrestle with and the the things that I want to hear about from other teachers like what they're doing and what they're in their classroom what's working for them so so that's why I brought it up yeah beautiful I just I I really did geek out about this (laughs) chat too (laughs) because everything like as I work with and I like that you brought the trickle down effect because I all I even though that this was a kind of a little bit more AP geared it wasn't for me because all I like to think of was how is this working you know, because we've really, I think in the last six or seven years in, in our school district, uh, when we went through, I first went through the IB training and then, and then shortly after I went through the IB training is when the AP, you know, changed the, the, we went away from the concentration to the sustained investigation mm-hmm. and it, it made so much sense to me, but just like you, I went to school for art education, but I went in the late nineties. And it was, it's a mind shift because we Mm -hmm. were taught skill, 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 Mm -hmm. and not this deep thinking. And so it's been, it's been a huge, um, almost like turning around a big ship because (laughs) I'm having to retrain all of us to adapt and think differently about how we instruct and what strategies we use. And, and again, all the way down to kinder and how do we balance teaching those skills and balance deep thinking okay so i've I've got so many thoughts on this and i'm (laughs) i'm like this this is really what i'm excited about um and you know i I mean i'm teased but i'm serious like i really want to write a book about this so 
you know, one day when my life slows down. Um, <laughs> we'll so, read it. <laughs> thanks, Laura. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, one of the things that, that, you know, I too, I love skills. Like I am a drawer. I, and I love observational drawing. And I love teaching observational drawing. And I think it's so valuable. And, you know, these days, like my, at least for my students, they're just, they don't spend enough time with the pencil, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I just need them to spend their time, spend time with the pencil because um, any, even the doodling hasn't been as prevalent because they've had screens in their hands so much. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm totally on board with skill, but here's my proposal we could be teaching skill and simultaneously be talking about ideas and investigating. And so how do you do that? Well, I think we can really think through and brainstorm how every skill building exercise can be about ideas. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could throw anything at me and I could try to work through this. I'm not saying I've got it all figured out, but I could, I could play with this. I mean, okay, so for example, um, we're teaching value drawing, right? Mm -hmm. Really important skill. It's a skill that I love. I love teaching the logic of light. That's what I call it from good old, I think it's Bert Dodson who wrote the keys, keys to drawing. Do you guys know the drawing book? Mm -mm. Love it. It's like the light side and the shadow side and the cast shadow and, you know, all the, and the reflected light. So, um, so for something like that, so, okay. When you, as you're teaching the value drawing, then why not throw in there, like, well, what are we drawing? Why are we drawing it? So, okay, I'm drawing, you know, I like to draw um, toys. And so like, here's a little toy that I like to draw, right? And so I'm holding up a toy. It's a, it's a little uh, Star Wars Ray mm -hmm. figurine, right? And so if I'm looking at this and I, and I cast a big light on it, should it be like high contrast or low contrast? Well, I don't know. Well, well what kind of scene is she in? What's the mood like? Mm -hmm. Like, is it a dramatic scene? then maybe it should have dramatic lighting. What is dramatic? And again, it's like that, that connection to language that I always go back to. It's like, okay, so if it's dramatic, that sounds like high contrast, okay? Or, or if it's not dramatic, then it's probably low contrast. So what does low contrast mean? Well, that means like not bright, you know, not high, like the opposite of, of, of high contrast, low contrast, um, I'm just repeating myself, but um, you get the idea. So I really mm -hmm. feel like, every skill we can connect to, well, what does that feel like? Well, you know, what does that suggest? What are ideas and connotations that could connect this? Or why are you drawing that? Or why are you drawn to that thing? So that's why you wanna draw or paint it. So all of, I, I think there's a lot of directions that you can go to, to get a why, to get a, an idea, um, and to, to find something to investigate about that observational thing, that thing that you're drawing from observation. I, I thought a lot about that because we did talk a little bit more about drawing during the chat. And I, what I even was thinking about is going back to the idea of language. When we started rewriting our curriculum, instead of doing big ideas that were somewhat disconnected from the skill we tried to choose words that were like in the drawing unit in art one, the big idea is observation and not just observation as just like 
observing the object, but what are, how does observation affect our lives? How does observation affect perspective? How does, you know, getting deeper to kind of tie the skill and the deep thinking together? That's, so we chose words that were, I guess, somewhat related to the skill, but at the same time, you could dive deeper into the thinking about them. I think that's really smart. Um, uh, years ago when I was um, part of a, a great team working at our district, shout out to Sarah Newbold who, who led this charge for the curriculum. We, did, we um, decided for high school on um, level one being narrative mm. and um, meaning that every, every um, artwork tells a story starting there. And, and mostly because like for high school, um, it's something that, that's accessible, you know? Mm -hmm. And then level two sounds a little bit more like what you're talking about, but it was an observation for level two, which would be like a sophomore level um, if, if they do all four years, um, perception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And being that, you know, in, in thinking through per different perceptions in trying different media or from different points of view, you know, talking about POV, like, like literal point of views and how that changes things. And, and you can go so many directions of contrasting those and doing diptychs or, you know, um, and then for level three, uh, I think I, oh, this is, this is me, inquiry, inquiry. <laughs> so we didn't have <laughs> for level three. Um, they, they happily allowed me to, to nudge into that. And then level four, uh, student voice, like personal voice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I think that's really smart to connect it to something visual. It's kind of like in class where um, we, where I think like connecting to metaphors, mm -hmm. like anything can be a metaphor or anything. I, I don't know that, um, yeah, I'm, Meta I, I, I'm a big fan of metaphors. To <laughs> jump into what, you know, what you both were talking about, I was, I was thinking about you know, you give a kid a word like perspective and they only think of it as one thing, you know, mm -hmm. they think of perspective being, oh, well, I'm doing a one point perspective or a two point perspective, not a perspective of what is this person thinking about or, right. you know, or, or haven't used those multiple definitions for a particular word and realize that it is, you know, on so many different levels. And I think that's, where you can start to open the kid's mind by saying, hey, you know, this word doesn't just mean this one thing. It also means this. It also means, you yeah. know, this idea as well. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know the QFT? Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah, we used the, it when we were rewriting our curriculum. I do not. It's a question format technique. Oh, okay. You, then yes. <laughs> if you Google it, there's like a really short, you can find a short video if somebody wants to Google it to find that. But, um, I could see putting that word perspective out there mm -hmm. and asking your group to write as many questions that comes up for them as possible. Um, and what I like about that is that because, because it's like this brainstorm activity, you kind of run out of words. So you kind of, and then you, <laughs> and then you have to really play with what the words are. So yeah, I think that's a great. Um, I really like the, the questions that you were focusing more on of, you know, how do you, you know, you were talking about your favorite is metaphor, but you were also asking like kinds of units or lessons that kind of lean that way. Mm -hmm. And I would be kind of curious of what you would be, what you might consider that or how you might lean into those, those different ideas. 
Sure. Um, which one? Let's see. We talked about narrative, metaphor, um, inquiry. Which you, one? You talked about mood as well. Yeah. Um, Energy. You know, how do how do students make some form of uh, artwork with a mood? Yeah. Um, so for mood, um, I think I mentioned this during the chat too, that um, one of my new favorite coaching questions is, um, how does it feel? Oh yeah, that's um, right. I, I heard a teacher say that, um, and, and, and the way that connects is that, so if, if we're doing something with mood, then I'll teach them about color scheme and I'll show them in a lot of like contemporary illustrations, um, how, you know, they could all be rainy, like, like literally all the ones that I have a slide deck of are you know, all of these rainy illustrations, but look at the differences in, in the color scheme mm -hmm. and what do you notice about them and what do you observe? And you know, all that, you mm -hmm. know, just, just how a lesson goes. Um, and then as we're looking at the colors, then, um, then again, asking, how does it feel that, that coaching question of like, well, does it feel more high contrast or low contrast? Does it feel um, like bright and tangy? Like, you know, and sometimes it's even um, putting some colors down and, okay, these are your, your colors. Why are you choosing them? You know, what adjectives would describe them? Mm -hmm. And okay, is, is, are, is that the mood that you're asking? And, and that as an artist, you know, we're training the students as artists to um, investigate that mood by choosing the colors, by making those decisions. So, so, so as the artist, I might be saying to myself like, oh, is it a little bit more blue or is it a little bit more green? Mm -hmm. Is it a little darker blue or a little greener blue? Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so by, by, that's me investigating the mood by asking those questions. And that's, that's where that investigation comes in. And um, okay, and a shout out to the English department head at my school, his name's Martin McCarrick. And we've been talking about like connections between English classes and art classes mm -hmm. and trying to use some, some similar language. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he came to, he brought his students to the art show this past spring. Oh, cool. And um, and I said, hey, you know, we have this, this like uh, worksheet, this handout that we have our art students fill out when they go look around, you know, are you interested in, in a form doing a similar one for your English students? And he was like, yes, excellent, you know? And, um, and so, so I talked with him about the wording and he, he said afterwards, I said, well, what do the kids get out of it? And he said that the kids said, Oh yeah, we really, they really understood the connection between the artistic decisions matching, you know, being in support mm -hmm. of the idea. Mm -hmm. And that in English, they're doing the same thing, except for they're deciding, I mean, I don't know all the English vocabulary, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't remember all of it, but it's, um, but, but they're deciding these, these different English um, I don't know, uh, the, the way that they're using language. And we're deciding the way that, you know, that as the artists, the artists are deciding the way they use color or the way they use texture or, or whatever it is. And so I really like the word artistic decisions. Mm -hmm. And so um, every artistic decision 
can support the mood. So, so the investigation comes in when you're, you know, asking is, is this the, is, is this going to fit the mood? Does this feel like this mood or does this mm-hmm. feel like this mood? Um, and I mean, the same could be said for your narrative, right? Does this help to tell the story or does this help, you know, does, and I deal a lot with like proximity or gesture or facial expression. Does that, you know, does tilting the head this way a little bit, does that mm-hmm. tell the story or is it this way? So, you know, I think that's a, that's a really valid point because a lot of students, I mean, I, I see it teaching the middle school level where kids are, are they're like, well, I just felt like doing it. You know, I just felt there wasn't really a, you know, you, you, you get into conversations that art doesn't always have purpose, you know, but a lot of times it does. And so you have to really think that an artist isn't just saying, oh, I'm just going to see what happens and it's just going to go from there, you know, and then that's, I think that's where that is an important piece to have that conversation with kids about, okay, what is, you know, is there a mood? Is there a feeling that the artist is trying to show you? Or what do you think, you know, is the point of it? Is it just yeah. something that's random? Or is it, you know, and and that that's always an interesting conversation about random and abstract. And well, and I also think it's, you know, we, we have a middle <laughs> school artist in our in our house right now. And it's very, challenging with that age group to pull it out of them to say because she's making artistic decisions questioning it's a questioning that they've never had to really be questioned about yeah I was just sitting here thinking we're gonna have to rewrite our art three curriculum in (laughs) in middle school um and I was and I was really thinking about this idea of narrative even for our advanced art kids in middle school because they've got they they've got it they just don't know oh, yeah. how to say it they don't know they don't you know they are it. they are making those artistic decisions so i guess the question i'd have for you connie is how do you you know starting with maybe art 1 or or whatever your youngest level grade is your you know how are you getting them to verbalize and connect and and even i mean the the ap portfolio is now a lot heavier in the writing aspect so how are you getting them to to use their words to express how they're making their artistic decisions. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, first quick plug, I'm, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be teaching a thing about writing at the SCAD AP art um, educator series, which I'll link. Um, I just I'll... asked all my teachers to sign up for that. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those are totally free. Yeah. is an amazing service that our chief reader, um, I'm pretty sure he had something to do with. Um, shout out to Dale. He's, he's awesome. Um, and as far, as far as what do I do with the youngest? So I get the kind of anxiety over the writing because, you know, it's, it's, it's a need. It's a struggle. Mm-hmm. We get, I totally acknowledge that, but I think we can reframe it to say we're not, it's, we're not really, AP isn't grading on writing. It's really about communicating your ideas. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's a, it's a challenge, but I don't think it has to be verbose or doesn't have to be lengthy. It can be as simple as make a list of adjectives that this media suggests or make a, a, a list of ideas that this um, that this toy, you know, stories that this toy could be in, 
And like you said about your middle schooler, they have ideas. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's not an issue for them. It's learning to articulate them. Right. And so um, it's coaching. I use a lot of sentence starters Mm -hmm. um, a lot. And, and it's, it's getting into the practice of um, that, that little bit of nudge, like, this isn't just like a mindless thing we do. This is a thoughtful thing we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what you were talking about, Matt, with, um, you know, making intentional decisions. Um, if you talk to graphic designers, um, which I'm sure you have, you know, <laughs> they're, they're like all about intention. They're, I mean, what do they say? They say like concept is king. Um, mm-hmm. And every single iota of, a, of graphic design is about the concept, getting that concept across. So, so I, in some ways it's like, wow. I, and I know this is all design thinking, you know, people are really into that. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all, we're all kind of uh, going towards some of the same things. Well, and I just even, so we, again, not to plug our curriculum, but I'm pretty <laughs> proud of it. But one of the things we, we did is, hard on it, I'm sure. yeah, yeah, for like ever. And, and, and I hope people understand. And what I loved, even when we started this conversation, Connie, is that you talked about you're constantly reflecting and thinking about how can you improve the strategy, the curriculum, all of those things. Like it is never done. Like I don't ever say, Oh, here's the curriculum teachers. It's done. Like it doesn't happen that way. It's like, here's the curriculum teachers, you know, tell me what needs to change. Like what needs improvement? What's working? What's not working? Where are the flaws and where are the the things that are great? Um, But back to my point sorry. Um, even so during the pandemic, I think one of the things that came out of it for us is uh, we had to think about a real easy way to break down our lesson plan cycle for elementary. And in the middle of the night, when we were, you know, panicking, um, I just sat up and I was like, Oh, this is it. We're going to tell the kids, this is it. You're going to look and think. So you're always going to look and think at something, you know, look at something, spark some ideas, think about it, brainstorm, and then you're going to plan, what am I going to create? And, and then you're going to, you know, figure out how you're going to create it. And then you're going to create it. And then you're going to reflect on it. And then you're going to share it. And then you're going to improve it. You know, so it's basically design thinking in kids language. So or, or it's, it's the standards, right? The national yeah, standards. It yeah. is look and think, plan and create, reflect and share. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's what we do. And that's, that's how we write all of our lesson plans now. Um, just because it's that cycle, you know, breaking Mm -hmm. it down and it hits all the national standards. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's helped, I think, make our vertical teaming a little easier to have a common thread like that, which Mm -hmm. has been really good. And Um, something we hit on in the chat was that, you know, things aren't always so linear, mm -hmm. like you don't always get the idea first. And so that's something that um, I know some some different friends and I, our our teacher friends and I have been chatting about a lot. It's like, okay, like making them come up with a question in AP or, or even, you know, at at any level, like starting with the idea saying you have to make something about this idea. Like most of us as artists don't really do that. Like say, I'm going to make art about, you know, I guess some, Mm -hmm. some social justice, maybe, I mean, graphic designers maybe, but, but for a lot of us, it's like, Oh, wow. I notice in my sketchbooks, like these certain things keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, it's like clouds, clouds keep showing up. What is this cloud thing about? 
you know, and, and so then I start thinking about, oh, what are the connotations? What is, you know, or I might do some research or I might think like, as I'm drawing it, what does this feel like to me? Or what does this connect to for me? And then, so, so in that same way, um, the idea is driving me, but sometimes I might not know what the idea is, you know, because we're not these linear creatures, especially artists aren't like, so like, I, I get the idea and then I do the thing and then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, but, but not always. Well, you know. I think too, like uh, your first question was about your own artwork. And I had to think about that. Just like you said, it's not always linear, like this idea of ideas, inquiry and concept. You know, when I did my last series of work, it was, it was similar in that I kept looking at my sketchbooks, my journals and saying like, where are the connections here? And I kept seeing literally threads um, because I love to embroider, right? So like there was this thread and I kept seeing, so for me, it was almost driven by media in a way, which I know for some people it is, you know? Um, And, and so I, I I was like, okay, these are the things that I, I love this mixing of threads and acrylic paint. And I'm really thinking of the convergence of things right now and how all the things in my life intersect. And that's where the concept came from then. Right. And so that wasn't, I didn't get the idea first. I started playing with the materials first and then I got the idea. Yeah. So many artists are driven by that, like tactile touch. Mm -hmm. Like they, once they're, they're working with the materials, then that's when, when they start going. And by the way, that, that whole idea of uh, mood, mood and energy, um, especially that word energy um, it was funny. I forget who it was. Somebody in the chat said that, that they, they feel most with concept and energy. And I said, oh, are you 3D or, or abstract? And they said, yeah, actually. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I bet. Because shout out to my, my 3D teacher at my school, uh, Mike Sandstrom, because that's how he frames. Like he asks, is it mood, media, or idea? That's what he says. Uh, I'm sorry, mood, energy, or idea, something like that. But I, I personally wouldn't connect to energy so much, but especially people who are working in a 3D realm and are, mm-hmm. I think 3D teachers are really material-based, mm-hmm. right? So, so for me, it's like gestures. For me, it's like, because I'm figurative, I like gestures and postures and like, those are the things that really drive me. But I, I totally respect and I get the whole tactile thing. I, you know, Connie, you just made me I mean, earlier you were already saying it and I was thinking about it. And then just now, um, you know, you were talking about how kids really need that pencil in their hand and, mm. and need to be, you know, and then, you know, my, I tend to lean more 3D as well. Mm. Um, but there are, I know that when I get students that come in, especially into that 3D class, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't really need to have to know how to draw or know how to do because I'm just going to just build and I'm just going to put things together and that's just the way it's going to work. And I'm like, um, well, <laughs> yeah, it's an approach. Yes. But, and then something I tell all my kids, you know, when they're getting ready to start something, I said, I want you to ha- at least have a plan. I want, I said, but I know that that plan is going to change along the way but I want you to at least have a good place to start from. Good Whether, direction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's your map. It, it's a place to start from, but you may not end up in that place and it may totally change, 
but I want you to at least have a direction, 3D or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think with the planning piece, um, I think it, it is important, and then it's also important to like let them know like if just what you're saying, but also just like sometimes things are going to grow out of the experimentation with the material. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And, and I think giving them, okay. So like, here's one of my favorite things is when I teach a new material day one, we play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, but it's, but here's what I've learned. <laughs> is if, we, if we play for more than 20 minutes without any direction, then they start making mud, which yeah. on some level, like that is valuable because it let's, is. let's face it. Like they need to make mud. Right. You but <laughs> yes, because yeah. not enough, you know, not enough parents. And I speak mm -hmm. about myself, <laughs> you're included, let our children do me. <laughs> but at the same time, like 15, 20 minutes in what I do is then I show them without like telling them how to do it. I'm like, uh -huh. I, I, I fight to keep my mouth shut because, you know, I, I want to say so much. And I'm like, okay, here's some other artists who have used this media. And I just show them really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> and then so then for the next 15 minutes they do mm -hmm. and let me tell you just by seeing like other high quality work they do yeah. really they, they play better you know oh yeah mm -hmm. and yeah. then at the end then I have them like um ask a bunch of questions about like actually like throughout I have like okay now you know write one or two questions about um what you're still trying to figure out how to do with those things so trying to trying to get some inquiry and trying to get that curiosity because the kids, as, as much as I want them to, to do inquiry all the time, it's, it's a muscle for them and they don't do it in all their classes. So, mm -mm. yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking about how do you work with, because I know you work with colleagues all around the United States. How do you work with colleagues that, how do we push our colleagues that are just strictly skill-driven outside their comfort zone to do things like play, because that's something that sometimes even myself as, as a coordinator, you know, modeling for teachers, it, that's, again, it's, it's kind of, it is coaching in my role, mm -hmm. but it's, it's very unsettling for some of our teachers to move outside and say, let's, let's just look at this work of art without any pre-knowledge of it or let's just play with this media without any pre-knowledge of it they, they feel like they have to front load everything and how do you encourage them not to front load too much hmm. that was kind of a I don't know I'm sitting here my mind is just all over the place Connie I'm sorry I'm, I'm just I'm thinking a lot about teaching <laughs> Good stuff. yeah yeah um yeah. I mean, is it like atelier style? I mean, no, not, not necessarily. I mean, I'm just thinking about like when you, when I guess let's go back to the play, like when you give these kids their, their materials to play, are you saying, are you giving them any front loading information about mm -hmm. these are water soluble crayons? I don't know why I picked that, but like, <laughs> let's say here's some water soluble crayons. Are you saying here's here's the material here's the paper and here's have the water it. have at it or are you saying okay this is a water soluble crayon this is what it does this is how you should you know like that's what no. i mean because i I'm have some teachers 
Okay. I know because I, I would like to see more of A versus B, I guess. So, so I think what you're talking about is student-centered learning. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, Discovery. I, think there's, I think there's all sorts Discovery. of research on that, that, that could speak to it better than I could. Um, <laughs> but just, but just that whole, like when, when the students discover things for themselves, you know, or, so, so yeah, students can discover things on their own and sometimes it's more, you know, um, poignant for them that way. Um, there's the whole thing about like how um, often students will do things when they have some freedom that they won't do when you put them in a box. Mm-hmm. And so you can see so much more, mm-hmm. like you can see them kind of flourish even more than when you put constraints on them sometimes, not always. Um, but especially on day one, like we're just talking about like, here, play with it. Like, I want you to get to know how that water soluble thing like is when it touches the paper and what it's like. And I, and I, I might front load a little bit depending on the media. Like I might tell them like a little bit just so that they don't like break the thing or that mm. they don't like waste their time doing this thing that I know that they may waste their time doing. But then again, like, is it really wasting their time to make if a mess? Learning. You know what I mean? No. Like, right. Yeah. As much as I think as adults, we have this bias of, well, we know, and so we don't want you to waste your time, but it's like, well, have you experienced it yourself? Yeah. I mean, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Students I, I, I mean, you know, to, to echo that, I mean, there have been times where I've had, I've seen students start to push the material and I'm like, gotta be real careful said you're getting really close and they're like just gonna keep going i'm gonna keep working through it and then probably about 10 15 minutes later they're like yeah didn't work <laughs> yeah or it but didn't. And they learned from but that, they learned they? because i was like yeah. hey, you're you're encroaching some dangerous waters and then all of a sudden they're like yep and That's and did they need like did they learn it better because they did that on their own or would they uh, have learned it better because they stopped because you said so <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, like, yeah. that's kind of the wonder of like growing up and learning. I, I was noticing throughout the chat, at least for me, and a lot of conversations Laura and I have been having is is very much the um, the chicken or the egg conversation, you know, mm-hmm. which 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 is truly coming first and which one really, truly impacts the other. And so I think it's just. Yeah, it, it's a big if. <laughs> yeah, for lack of a better description. I will say though, I think that that meaning making is so much deeper when you have that discovery experience and when, when you fail, you know, I, I posted a piece of artwork this summer on my own Instagram because it was God awful. (laughs) Like it was so bad, but what I liked about it, I was, I was trying a different kind of, um, collage weird thing. And I was like, okay. I pushed it too far, <laughs> just like you said, but it, it, it now has pushed me to something else, which is probably going to be better, you know, and that's what we want our kids to have that same experience. Right. 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 Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's the whole thing about like valuing the awkwardness. I, I call, I always call, talk about the, the awkwardness, like mistakes, you mm-hmm. know, in art class. Um, it's, it's usually a bunch of awkward drawings. And, and not being afraid to make awkward drawings. Um, I, I use that word a lot with my students and some, I had one 
the student embrace. I was like, awkward drawings. Everyone's awkward. <laughs> and he was making a joke. And I'm like, yeah, I you love know what? it. Like once you're comfortable with it and, and it takes maturity and it takes mm-hmm. some level of like, um, yeah, maturity, I guess. But, but even like, I haven't talked to my students about um, like stuff with phones and like, they're so afraid to be awkward. Uh Um, you know, because of the phone culture and, um, you know, so I, I even talked to him just on a social level about that, but that's a little bit of a different topic, but I mean, that's kind of what I was, what I was kind of getting at with my students when they use, like they'll mess up and their cover for messing up is, oh, I just made this random, this random line or this random thing, or, you know, they, they use that word random as kind of like their little protective shield of, you know, instead of just saying, you know what, you know, this was part of it, or this was not saying a mistake, but saying, you know, oh, I made this random doodle. And I'm like, well, was it really random? Or was it? So experimental experimental and you, yeah. but you and it didn't turn out but yet you're so you're calling you're it calling random. it random as your little protective thing so you know just kind of as we start to wrap up I'm your last question in the chat was about the newish AP <laughs> art and design portfolio um and that that highest score being awarded to artwork that is guided by idea and inquiry versus just relating you know are there any thoughts you have about that to support teachers that are still trying to make that transition are there any points of advice you can give them yeah um so i i really love um how the how ap has apr design defines inquiry as seek, search, and discover. Mm. And um, we were really focusing on that this year at the AP reading. Um, and for me, that that really helps to understand what inquiry and investigation mean to start. And so that, that seeking, searching, and discovering, that those things should be guiding and not just relating to um, and, and so, you know, as we were talking, I was saying earlier, like with artists, the idea doesn't always come linearly. It doesn't always come first. And then you start mm-hmm. making the art. Um, so then how can it be driving the art? How can the idea, well, well then that's where, um, that like regular coaching can really come in of, of, well, um, sometimes it might be. Sometimes it might be, um, you know, two days in, well, well, what are you investigating today? Like if you were to write your investigation today, what would you do? And at the beginning of class, I'll just have them write that down and then, okay. And then now you're going to get to work. And then the next day, okay, go back and look at that question. Is that really what you're investigating or could you, could you tweak those answers Mm -hmm. or those words any, you know, Mm -hmm. could you, um, or, or do you really like that question and the artwork isn't really doing that thing that you're, what you wrote down? And then, you know, all the good teaching methods, like, okay, we'll turn, turn to the person next to you and tell them those words and have that conversation with them and ask them if they see it or not. And, you know, and a lot can come from 
and I think you know how it is with with working with pairs or working mm -hmm. in groups. Sometimes just a student explaining it out loud to somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's what where they kind of the light bulbs go off. Not even so much what the other person says to them, although that that can be really helpful too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just that that consistently talking about like what are the ideas, write them down. And then, you know, we might do that a couple times during the course of an artwork. And then at the end um, of every artwork, I have them write down all of the things that AP asks for, you know, well, I also include a title because I think titles are really important. We've talked about that before here. Um, and so a title, and then what's your inquiry question? And then what are the materials and what are the processes? Um, and not only is that like a good practice because then, because they forget those things. So then they don't have to like fish it out of their brain at the end of the school year when they're trying to upload their portfolio. <laughs> but also it's, it's really, um, they've got, you know, if they've been doing it every day during class, during the week or during the time that you were making art, they've already got most of it written. So it shouldn't be a, this big leap. So I think writing can be this, it doesn't have to be this like huge. In fact, I think it, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. And if you wait till the end and make it a huge thing, it's going to be, everybody's going to be miserable. Yeah. So, well, I think we talked about last time too, is just lean into that process journal that it's, it's not just a sketchbook, that it's also this place where it becomes a very natural thing to be writing and drawing simultaneously and adding your research and all of those things. I think, and I think too, going back to that trickle down, I think the younger we can teach kids that that technique mm -hmm. of using a process journal mm -hmm. the easier it's going to be for those that advance on into AP or IB art I mean and then even um here's a here's a, a small takeaway like for um maybe for a, a art one class in high school have them title the work but don't just have them title it the day they turn it in or for the art show Mm -hmm. have them title it like a couple days before they finish it because then they're thinking about like is this really the idea you know and teach them how a title is about the idea a title is not about you know i always tell them okay if you painted your dog don't call it dog we can see that <laughs> tell, us, <laughs> tell, tell us something you know give us some backstory basically and so then they do that and okay so even if it's like something like best friend okay fine not the most original but still for a little kid, maybe that's still appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, if it's best friend, then okay, as you're drawing it, oh, is this, how, am I, how can you show that it's your best friend? You know, we're not talking about a, t a ton of writing here. We're talking about like one title, a couple days, and then, oh, and then you may want to revise it when you turn it in. And then, oh, you know, so it's not a, it's not this big, scary, I don't know, the scary thing that we're not trained to do. Like we're, we're trained to help students think and we can do that. We so can. Oh man. Woo. This has been. My brain is so on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Things I want to do. So Connie, we have our, our one last question that um, is sometimes our most difficult question, but if you could leave our listeners with uh, any last advice, wisdom that you haven't already imparted with us. Um, or maybe even if you've already talked about it, what would it be? Okay. 
So I thought about this earlier today. I was like, oh, I wonder if we're going to ask you that thing. Okay, so, so yes. here, here it is. So the next, so give yourself an assignment. So this is for all art teachers or art administrators, right? Give yourself the assignment of making a small artwork and it can be small, no pressure, right? It's only for you right now. And do the things we're talking about. And I'm going to challenge you to, um, in order to, to get a little bit more idea or in, inquiry based in your art making, then um, use this sentence starter. How does blank feel? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you could put in anything in the blank. It could be, how does a monarch butterfly feel? How does, um, I always tell my students, how does my senior year of high school feel? I mean, right? That's, yeah. that's a thing. Mm -hmm. um, how does motherhood feel? How does, um, you, you know, you could, it could be something big and lofty or personal, or, or if somebody's really into the skills and they really want to say, no, I, I really want to draw from observation. Okay, fine. How does that tree feel? Right. And then do the things that, that we've talked about on the podcast. So before you finish, write a title and then tweak it and make sure the title's about the idea. And as you're going, ask yourself, oh, is this, does this feel more like this kind of blue or this kind of blue? So that you're actually investigating what that thing is or, or what that idea is about. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's the, that's the awesome thing about being an art educator is that you can, is that we get to learn by doing and we get to make art and we get, it's that valuable thing that we all know about like becoming the student by putting ourselves in their shoes and feeling that struggle and being vulnerable um, and, and learning a lot from it. So that's my challenge. That's awesome. It's a great challenge. I wrote it all down. I'm totally doing it. <laughs> cool. I'll do it too. I'll, um, I'll send it to you. That'd be cool. awesome. Yeah. I actually, I don't always get a chance to like, write notes and sketch note while, while I'm doing a podcast, but I have a whole, a lot, lot written down. Okay. Like I said, my brain's on fire. Yes. So, yes. Connie, we once again, can't thank you enough um, for hosting the chat and coming on here and talking with us about it. And um, I have a feeling you'll probably be on again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Next summer, once my um, early East Coast um, bedtime doesn't preclude me from joining <laughs> you guys. Well, we understand. It's one of those things that we're like, man, if there was only one time zone, it would make life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Don't. No, you're going to be like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, you were too. So, well, no, I'm, a, I'm in a place like, I sometimes think that we should record the discussion after the recording because <laughs> then there's all this, all this great stuff there too. And, and so yeah. we were just talking about sentence starters and how to use them. And, you know, this idea of, used at any of level you or... know, crafting a digital portfolio from a young age and, and how, you know, that could be really beneficial. And my mind is just reeling. It, it was a lot and it was, yeah, definitely felt little explosions of ideas for sure. That's going yeah. all over the place. It, and I love Connie. <laughs> I think you say that about everybody. Well, but I think it's different. Like 
<laughs> it's inquiry, right? So yeah. she, no, every know. time she's on Twitter or every time she hosts a podcast or um, hosts the podcast, hosts a chat, a Twitter chat, or she, I mean, and I'm, when I say on Twitter, like she's just on Twitter um, and she'll, she'll put little things out there, but specifically to when she hosts the, the Twitter chat, her questions are so well crafted that it's just this deep, it, it makes it me, allows for deeper conversation. It allows for it to be answered in all kinds of ways. And it's so thought provoking, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and thought provoking in the best possible way, because when I say my mind is reeling, it's reeling with ideas. Yeah. I, I've just got these ideas sparking about how we can elevate our curriculum and how we can support teachers with inquiry based, you know, um, sentence starters and just all kinds of things that I'm just, I love how she just talked about how everything is connecting back and everything impacts and how she became really good friends with the English teacher mm -hmm. on our campus and how she became, you know, connected with this other teacher on our campus and just how all of these things work together and how impactful for all learners. I, I like that too, that she was, she gave shout outs to several of her mm -hmm. colleagues that we don't operate in a single silo, that we have to connect to other teachers, that we have to collaborate. We have to brainstorm it, with each other. And it takes, it, it does take a little bit of work in order to see the parallels that are there, but they're there. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, that's always, you know, the benefit, the more we can teach, the more we can teach together the better off we're all going to be and so are our students mm -hmm. so um connie said that she had a lot of resources uh that she was sharing matt where would you find those resources well there's a couple different places actually it's probably only one uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah no it's only one we really try to put it in um, one place. we put it together on wakelet uh and then you can also find it on davisart.com when the podcast episode comes out and um, under free resources. And I think so, yeah, if you ever want to find the resources for any of the podcast episodes um, and what Matt's referring to the wakelet, that is our archived Twitter chat. So mm -hmm. if you're not into Twitter, but you're curious what people are saying during a Twitter chat, you can go back and look at the archived Twitter chats. Um, and I know that there was a lot of, great stuff shared during this particular oh Twitter gosh. chat. Yes. So um, that'll be on davisart.com. It'll be linked in there under this episode. And then um, if you would do us the favor, we would really appreciate it if you would. If you would uh, give us a review. Yep. And if you would subscribe to our weekly drop of each episode. Yes. If you subscribe to the podcast, anywhere you listen to your, uh, your podcast, um, we would much appreciate that. That helps us um, bring you great guests and more information. And with that said, we'd also like it if you sent us an email or some kind of message somehow, some way of, you know, topics and ideas and artists and people that you're interested in and sending that information to us. Um, you can either send it by via email on the creativity DEPT at gmail.com or you could message us on Instagram or Twitter at, at cre creativity cre department. 
creativity department. Yep. Yep. So thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it.